five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Right, that was um, Phil Ma, P. Way, and the great Michael Schenker, also known as uh, UFO. I think one of the most underrated rock bands of all time, actually. And Michael Schenker might be one of the most underrated guitar gods ever. Period. End of story. Um, I saw UFO. I think I saw them... How was that? It was my seventeenth uh, birthday. It was my seventeenth birthday, and we saw them at uh, Winterland in San Francisco. They, they had a concert venue. Some of you might have been there. It was in the film. It was in a divey area. First time you. As a kid, like the first time you go to Winterland, you're like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> this place is in a weird part of town. But then you kind of get used to it. It's like, okay, that's right. You came, you came from a weird part of town. You came from the streets of San Francisco, didn't you? Yes, you did. I got my coffee cup from on, the, on Mars over here. Yeah, you came from the streets of San Francisco. It's a good thing you left. They got really shitty. Yes, you would have you would have grown up around human feces and syringes and cats that have bad influences in your life. Now you're here. You're a country cat. Maybe we should write a book about you. There was Gucci to Goats. What would this be from uh From the Tenderloin to Texas. From the Tenderloin to Texas, the story of Jasper. And how he went from being a big city cat to a country cat. I think there's a whole, there's potential for a whole series on Jasper. Isn't there? Now stop, stop licking your, we're on live. You've got to have some, some modesty. Have some modesty. Didn't I teach you anything? Huh? Um, anyway, UFO, they totally kicked ass. It was it was my 17th birthday. We were at Winterland, and there was a Canadian band who Martin Popoff loves for whatever reason. I I don't see it. Max Webster, Canadian group. So if you're Canadian, you may know who Max Webster is. I've seen him twice. And both times I thought they were underwhelming. And then UFO hit the stage and they, they 
kicked off the set with lights out london lights out and i'm like these guys are bad motherfuckers no i'd always i've been a ufo fan i had the route i had the records i remember i got the first ufo record well for me it's not their first but it's the one that has a rock bottom on it and i remember there's about three songs on that record that i just played over the rest of the, the rest of the records like it's okay but you could see where they were going uh <clears throat> doctor doctor and rock bottom and i'm like man these guys kick some ass and they were great and then and then rush came out can i just tell you i i i don't like rush they're okay like tom sawyer has its moments and I actually owned that record 2112. And I thought it was kind of cool, even though I kept trying to convince myself that Getty Lee's vocals were listenable. Uh, yeah, I kind of like it. I kind of like it. It's got that high thing going. The band rocks, but there's this guy. And I don't know about that. Anyway, UFO kicked their ass. What's going on, everybody? Um, welcome to the show, 15 Minutes of Flame. I'm Robert Phoenix. If you're listening on the podcast side of things, you can always come over to 15 Minutes of Flame. That's 15 Minutes of OVflame.com. And uh, join in the most happening chat group on the internet, Chataria, formerly Chatlandia. You know why I changed it? There's a couple of reasons why. Number one, Chatlandia sounds like that dipshit show Portlandia, which some people might like. It's, it, was, it was the weird, quirky, eccentric version of... Portland before it got completely blown out and totally woke. Fred Arneson was the, uh, was I think the star of the show. No, you're not, you're not, you're not in. You have your own chat group, Catlandia. You have your own chat group, Catlandia. But also uh, the whole Tartaria thing, I think is interesting. So when we get the Chataria, mugs and shirts it'll look cool chatlandia we so we could do like a silhouette of you know chicago world's fair or something like that or some you know equally cool building from our our stolen history anyway you can come here and hang out with us the best chat group on did you and did you hear uh jake on friday's show chat tari you're my tribe Right? How cool is that? How cool is that? You've got your own chat group. Yes, you do. Who moderates your chat group? Who? I do? Yeah, you're right, I do. All right, let's uh, check in with you, and we'll get into today's show. Uh, this is going to be one of those shows today. I'm giving you a trigger alert warning. The things I say may piss you off. And it's not anything I'm going to say, although the way I say it may piss you off, but the, the uh, actual content itself will get your blood boiling uh, because we're, uh, we're sitting up. We're, we have um, loge box seats for uh, the great genocide, which is upon us now, which I'll get into. What are you doing? No, you can't get up there. That is not for you. It's not for you. It's not for you. If you get up there, you might press the wrong button. Yeah. 
Look at how, look at how regal he looks. Glad you're back on the show. You were gone. You were in a Sunday night show. He's like, what? There's like a Leo, Leo King guy on the show. He was like not on the show for a long time. And then he mustered up the, the, the courage and the nerve to jump on the show. I actually thought about him. I'm like, where the fuck is Jasper? He's not here. Then about five minutes later, you saunter on in, didn't you? That was your thing. All right. Let me check in with uh, you guys. But first, of course, as always, I need to give some props to today's sponsor. And always, the always sponsor, which is True Hemp Science, run by my friend, my buddy, Christopher Lynch. And um, here we go. Let me do a little screen. The reviews coming back from the uh, CBD that Chris procures and then sells uh, to the public are great. They're great. So it's, it's, you know, it's one thing if somebody buys something, says, eh, it's okay. It's an okay pro. I don't know. I'm not sure I'm feeling, you know, but that's not the case. What is the case is that people are and have been very enthusiastic about the results, which means that I made a good choice. And I'm really looking forward to the new iteration of the gummies with the moon dust. Ooh. Last night I slept well again. How'd you sleep, Jasper? He slept fine. You slept well, didn't you? Yeah, good night's sleep. And, and again, it's it's not always like I know the sleep cycles are important. Like if you get to bed during that first sleep cycle at 10 o'clock, you catch that because that's the first, that's the first one. And if you catch that one and you're in bed by say nine o'clock, you start, and I, you know, I start to read and about an hour later, I'm falling asleep by 10 o'clock. Boom, boom, boom. Out go the lights. And then who knows? Six hours later, it's really a lot. Actually, it's that, that's like four in the morning. It's a good thing. I don't go to bed at 10 o'clock because that's when I'd wake up. But it's not the, the quantity, it is the quality of your sleep. The quality. Do you want seven, eight, eight hours of light, intermittent, in and out sleep? We're never really dropping down into the, the REM cycle. Or do you want six hours of very deep, very restful sleep? Eight hours of off and on or six hours of deep. I'll take, I'll take the six hours all the time. And in my experience, the gummies help you get there and stay there and sleep through the night. Some people add a little something, some people every now and then I'll add a little melatonin, like maybe about five milligrams of melatonin on top of the gummy. If I add too much melatonin on top of the gummy, I'll wake up feeling like drugged out. And it has nothing to do with the gummy. It's the melatonin effect. So five is probably about right. 10, if I add melatonin, 10 is probably too much. 
and then I'm kind of racing around to get my coffee going in the morning. Anyway, I highly recommend uh, Chris's CBD. And if you spend $100, you get $20 worth of product. And that's uh, truehempscience.com backslash ref backslash 23. And then type in 15 mins, 15 and capital M-I-N-S, and you'll get your free product. There you go. All right. Let's check in with the greatest chat on the internets. See how everybody is today. There's my man, Thomas. Tomas. Here we go. Oh, you know what? I don't, I want to give your secret identities away. Okay. We have, uh, there's Tom, there's Michael Pafford. What's going on, Michael? Good to see you. Miss Nakia is here. Uh, let's see. Andrea Garland. Today is the solstice, isn't it? I got the solstice, witch. on the, uh, isn't that interesting that, oh my God, you know, Andrea, thank you for the uh, reminder. So the CDC said that they are going to allow children five and under to receive the mRNA vaccines. Okay. We're going to talk about that. It's happening on the solstice. This is the night of the witches. It is supposedly the most magical and in some ways dark night of the year. This is when the witches gather and they cast their spells. And you know what? I got a witch hat on Rochelle Walensky there. It works. Uh, let's see who else we have. Sony, what's going on, Sony? Uh, Hucklebuck411, check it in. Wendy says, the beautiful one, graceness with her presence. Chris and Steve with a solstice exclamation. Kelly B's here. Uh, who is this? JJ. Hey, JJ. Rocking the streets of Manhattan. Uh, let's see who else we have. Fran, CC Jones. What's going on? Fran Scrubbies. Good to see you, Scrubbies. Her hands make the day even longer. Oh, hair bands. Hair bands make the day even longer. Um, UFO is not a hair band. I'm not, they're not a hair band. The hair bands were kicking around Hollywood and LA during the late 80s and early 90s. UFO, I think, put their first record out at what? 71, something like that, 72. Let's see who else do we have here. Um, ba -ba -ba -bum. Look at that, man. Michael's, Michael Michael digs the uh, the musical Uver. What's going on, Michael? Good to see you. Let's see who else do we have. Mm -mm. Lights out, lights out, London. Taze, what's happening, Taze? UFO in London. Sure wasn't Bond's hair backlit. 
UFO in London. Um, I saw them at Winterland in San Francisco. Let's see who else we have. Tondar. Checking in. What's going on, Tondar? That band was UFO. They were never on my radar. Oh, man. See, that was the beautiful thing about growing up and finding the left of the dial as a kid. You find the left of the dial. When I found the left of the dial stations, the two college stations, I was, I was like, I just, I found the secret thing, right? It's like you find this thing that nobody else knew about. Because nobody else really knew about. When I was a kid, people didn't listen to those, those stations, but I did. I found them. And boy, did they play the most fucking interesting music. I remember the first time I heard Maggot Brain. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I don't know what it is, but I like it. Uh, let's see who else we have here. Anybody else? Anybody else showing up? Fran says, I don't like Rush either. I, I like uh, the drums of Tom Sawyer are great. Tom Sawyer, Tom Sawyer is a great song. It is, I, 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 to me, that is the pinnacle of Rush. They've got a uh, um, a song off of what is it? Their their first record. It's not their first or second. Record. It's called Working Man. Pretty good song. Other than that, I can't I can't get behind Getty Lee's vocals. Uh, let's see who else we have here. Uh, 69th. 69 TM. Is that what it is, Jasper? Jasper does need a new mate, don't you? Would you like a pet lobster? Like a take around on a leash? Let's see. Jasper certainly has been more vocal since Rosie. He has a lot to say, doesn't he? I think he misses her. Evan Taylor in the house. What's going on, Evan? Good to see you here. Eck was, Eck was here. You might piss yourself off. I might. I might piss myself off. Oh, let's see. Who else? Anybody else new? Tim is Timothy Hartful here? I think Timothy's here. Let's see. Who else? I'm telling you, man, this is the place to be. Miranda Couch. We got a Miranda Couch sighting. We got a drive-by. There's my man, Steve. Thor at the door. Uh, Capri Carrie. Hey, Carrie. Michelle Taylor. Mantra. Mia. Beaming in. There's my man, Maurice 100. Being visited by uh, twin fawns and mama each morning. Oh, that is so sweet. Let's see who else we have. Animals are great. I do them. I do more than just smoke cigarettes too. I know. Well, but it's your brand. Debisu's here. What's going on, Debisu? You are the walrus. Checking in. So uh, I was, I was, uh, what, I, I guess, what is it? Um, Danny has like some kind of, 
finger puppet thing going on. And, and I guess people have a, like a finger puppet character and they're trying to figure out what I, my finger puppet would be and a cross between a, an owl and a walrus, an alrus. Walruses are cool. They're cool. And I dig owls, man. Who, who doesn't? Some people are spooked out by owls. I'm not spooked out by owls. Okay, let's get into the show. So what did I do yesterday? I got off the show and, you know, some of you may know I've got this car project that I've been working on. Not the truck. The truck is pretty much done. I need to sell the truck. But the car project is the new thing. So some of you know that I, when I was going around California with my son, this was last year and it was right around this time last year. And we were out visiting my mother. And he started to talk about this uh, TV show that he was really into. It was like a, a Japanese TV show, anime, subtitle shit, right? That stuff. And he was really into it. And, and it was the adventures of these two young guys who were into drift racing. You know, you drift and you go, you go fast and you, you know, kind of fishtail and drift and stuff. And one of the uh, cars inside of their story, because they have to get these cars, which are an integral part of the narrative, was a, a Mazda RX-7. So he fell in love with this Mazda RX-7. And, you know, it's what kids do, right? So he was on Facebook. I think we were in uh, Point Richmond. And um, he was on Facebook and he found a guy selling an RX-7 without an engine. So we decided to go look at it. It wasn't that, it wasn't that expensive. I think it was $1,100. Body was good. Real, you know, it has a little tiny dent in the front right. Not much else. Uh, no transmission, no engine, the interior's intact, rolled really well. So there was no hangups with the axles or anything. So I bought it and I kept it out there for about a month and a half. And then I rented a, a dolly and I drove the dolly all the way across country. Because if you rent a trailer in one area and just drive it back, it's really fucking expensive. Like you'll pay, and I'm talking like a, a dolly or an auto auto hauler, you know, you'll pay hundred and uh, no, how much, how much was they're going to charge? They were going to charge me like $1,500. It was really expensive. So what I did is I rented the dolly here and I pulled it all the way to California. So dolly is just, just two wheels and those little drive up ramps. And I beat the shit out of that thing driving it. Cause I was going like 65 miles an hour, 70 miles. And you're not supposed to go over 55. By the time we got to California, it's like all the fenders were broken. And I mean, it was like, not good. I had no idea it was going to happen in that way, but that's okay. I mean, they're probably got plenty of use out of that dolly before I began to uh, test its limits. So we rolled it back on the dolly. We did California. We left on Thursday night and we got back. I think, was it Monday morning? It was like, a, oh, it was a blitz, man. 
total blitz. Yeah, you weren't there. You don't like the car. No. So we brought it back, and uh, then be, the, then we got the – it was like, okay, I got to get an engine for it. So I had my, my kid go off and go to the internet and look for appropriate engine. It's going to fit in there. And these uh, chat forums were like, oh, yeah, get this engine. get the, It'll be fine. And we didn't get a rotary engine. Looking back on it, maybe we should have because it would have been an easy install. Just drop it in, do what you do. And I thought that um, it would be difficult to find people who would work on rotary engines or could work on them. And um, that was my instinct. And apparently that's not true. And I found that out yesterday. Anyway, so we get this engine and it's from Japan. And in Japan, like when you get to 55, 60,000 miles, they're getting rid of your engine. It's really weird. So there's a company called JDM and they specialize in shipping these Japanese engines over to the United States. And uh, this engine in this car, you, you can't get it in the United States. It's a, actually, it's a six speed. And I'm like, okay, well, if, you know, supposedly it all lines up and everything, well, we get the engine and um, everything that they said about it online was not true. Everything is, it doesn't fit snugly inside of the engine bay. It sits a little higher. So now I'm going to have to like modify the hood and cut, you know, get a scoop put in. But at the end of the day, um, it's going to work. So yesterday was this day where I was picking it up, had a friend help me, super fucking hot. And we're going to drive it to the muffler shop to have the downpipe installed from the header. And then from there, you, you run the, uh, uh, the, the exhaust and the muffler and all that. We go there and the guy can't do anything with it because the gearbox of the car, remember this is a Mazda. We got a, we basically have a Toyota engine in it and it's too big. That, that area, it won't fit. Like it, it's going to hit the gearbox. We put this downpipe in. So they said, you, you got to take it over to this shop called One-Eyed Crow. I'm like, okay, where is it? So we drive it over there to this One-Eyed Crow place. And by the way, you know, the guy who helped us out pushing the, uh, the car onto the, do onto the uh, dolly was the guy that owned the motorcycle garage next to the people who... Uh, Helped me bolt in the tranny and the engine and all that stuff. So it's like we're connecting, right? At the beginning of the day, it's all about cooperation and connection and people helping each other out. That was the theme of the day, which I really loved. So they said, you got to take it to the shop. I'm like, okay. So we drive out to the shop. It's on the other side of town. It's actually outside of town. And it's... um in an area that is clearly not in any time soon about to be gentrified. Like it's pretty, pretty rough. So if you wanted to have like a, uh, a garage or a salvage business, there's actually a salvage business out there. That's kind of what it looks like. So we roll in there. And it's one of these cars with the engine installed the way it is. It, it, and if you're a car person, it gets your attention. 
they're like, holy shit, like, what are you doing here? You know, this is really interesting because not many people have, have done this. Like, so we're kind of, you know, whatever my son was reading on these, these uh, message boards, these forums, I'm not sure it was the, uh, the gospel because everybody I've talked to who's a car person, a real car person, and people have gone online to see about these swaps. They don't, um, they've never seen it. So theoretically, this car could be the only one of its kind in North America, which is kind of interesting. So we, it, so we roll it in, just like when we rolled it into the muffler place. They're like, oh, wow, check this out, right? Because the engine inside of this Mazda looks pretty impressive. So we go to this place, and I tell them what's going on. And they're like, yeah, we could do that. We could, we could totally do that. So the, what they're going to do is they're going to reconstruct. They're going to basically build a new header for it. So it goes straight down in between the gearbox um, and the, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, the, uh, where they have the pistons, the, the head, right? The head. So, but that's just part of the story. There's a couple other parts of the story that, that are kind of interesting. So there's this one guy at the, at the, at the place. He doesn't work there. He's got a baseball cap on and he's got a t-shirt that says, um, taxation is theft. I'm like, I love, I love this shirt. I'm pretty sure I'm going to like this guy. So I said, Hey man, I dig your shirt. I said, Oh yeah. So we started talking and super cool guy. And he just moved to the, to this area because Hawaii has become completely fascist. And this is a guy that has pretty significant business with um, like products for forests and stuff like that. He had 150 acres in uh, on the Big Island, and you know had a pretty good life. And then COVID turned his life into hell. So now he's living here in the hill country, and he just moved here a couple of weeks ago. So we had a great conversation. It's like, okay, here we go. This is cool, right? You know, we're we're you know we're making connections, new people, and people that understand like what's going on in the world. And the guys at the at the shop were super cool. I remember rolling in and I just kind of looked at, you know, the the website and they had I might not even a website, but it was like um one star rating on Yelp. I'm like, should I be concerned about this? But the minute I rolled in there, they were like really cool dudes. And the 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 kicker here is that I need to have this other work done to the to the car the electrical needs to be hooked up and it's not always easy because you're dealing with one engine and kind of one block and another car with its electrical block. So you got to kind of know what you're doing, right? Well, there's a guy that works at this shop, probably maybe late twenties. They have really nice cars in this shop, really, really nice, like vintage stuff, really cool cars. And um, he was into the same TV series that my kid was in. And he's, he's a huge fan of what they call tuners, these Japanese cars. And he basically said to the guy that runs the shop, he said, I think I can wire that up because I was going to need to take it to another place and have them wired up. That's above my pay grade. So now 
I, I stumbled upon what looks like the place where everything can come together on this engine, including the hoses and the clutch and all the other stuff. Like the next time I move it will be to get the pipe put on it at the muffler shop. Theoretically, that's it. And if we can put it all together and get this thing running, it'll be a major accomplishment. I've never done anything like this. Not that I'm a big wrench guy. Uh, I can turn a wrench and do a few things. It's not like it's, you know, when I was a kid, I liked, I kind of like doing things on my car. Like I enjoy changing the oil. Um, I enjoy changing the spark plugs and, you know, putting the rotor and the cap and the condenser in and, you know, all that shit. I like that. What I could do, I would do, but that's when you could do things with your engines. And then after that, I, you know, as they, as the cars became more complicated, I sort of stopped doing that, but I'm not going to sit down and, you know, rebuild a whole fucking engine. And I know people who do. Anyway, the cool thing about this was number one, there was a lot of cooperation going on, right? I love stuff like that where you have to connect with people. There's a little bit of chaos. One thing doesn't work, but another thing works out better than you could have like predicted. See, that's kind of like a life journey. You go down one path, this is Aquarius. You go down one path thinking, okay, I've got this downpipe. I'm going to get it installed at this place. And all of a sudden they're like, we can't do it. All right, so what does that mean? You hit a brick wall, you hit a cul-de-sac. Here, here, these guys might be able to help. You go over there, next thing you know, you find out you, you stepped into the place where there's the one guy that has not only the acumen, but the interest in putting the final pieces of this thing together. Then we have this conversation with this guy from Hawaii and he specifically chose this area. He'd done all this research in all the States. And you're like, this is the place to be a uh, pretty cool guy. And hopefully, you know, get to know him a bit more. And I think his wife is actually a doctor too. It's good to know these people. He's ex-military, but in a good way. You know, there's some ex-military dudes that are, that are cool, right? Um, so that was, it was a good day. I mean, unfortunately, by the time it was all done, I couldn't get to the um, the stuff for the hotel, which I'll do today. I just, first of all, it's Juneteenth. That's number one. Uh, number two, I just, I, I kind of ran out of time because by the time I was done, I was thirsty and hungry. And by the time I had taken care of those things. It was probably about five o'clock. So I'll get long story short. I will get to the hotel stuff today. Now, the reason I'm sharing this is because where was the moon yesterday? Was it, um, was it in Aries? Was it the moon in Aries? I think it was getting close to Aries. The reason I, I'm talking about this is number one, the serendipity, learning how to how to navigate through chaos and creating a space where you can um, connect and cooperate. And that's a space. Don't kid yourself. That is a space. So what do I mean by that? If you have an attitude, if you have arrogance, if you're impatient, if you're frustrated, all those things, what's going to happen is it's going to limit the field of possibility. 
We all experience those things and they're normal. Maybe not the arrogant part. Every now and then, you know, people go through an arrogant trip in their head. Um, but the other stuff, like bitter, resentful, angry, frustrated, like the, the more that you are running, you know, those programs, the smaller the aperture gets. And when you're not running those, when you're staying open to the possibility, you're staying open to um, the process, all of a sudden things change. Like, what if I went in there and was like, no, fuck this car, fuck this shit. Cost me all this fucking money. Fuck, 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 right? What if I did that? And I brought that attitude into the garage. Well, those guys are like, yeah, we can do it. Maybe they say, no, that's, we can't do it. We're too busy. That can happen, by the way. That can happen. But they were like, yeah, we could do it. And they pulled the header off right there. Boom, pulled it off right there. Well, it was still on the truck. And because we're having these good conversations and, um, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the energy begins to shift. In fact, they said, well, you, we, you can't leave your car here. That When I pulled up, that's where it was at. Yeah, we can do this, but you can't leave your car here. I'm like, well, what the fuck am I going to do with the car? If you take, I didn't say that. Like, well, what do we do? How do we how do we deal with the header? If I if I can't leave the car here, how, how are you going to deal with it? So we'll take it off. So they took it off, and then you know, through the course of the conversation, and next thing you know, like the dude finds out about the engine, and he's like, he's into it, and oh yeah, I can leave my car there now too. So these are really important things, and they sound mundane, but they're not. They're really not. That if you can, and I, when you travel, when you're on the road, there is a code of the road. And the code of the road is you take nothing for granted, nothing. And you, you, have, to re, you have to remind yourself, you are always in somebody else's home. Doesn't matter, right? If you're not in their home, if you're in their town, within their city limits, you're buying their, you know, almond milk or whatever at the local health food store you're in their home so you if you're in somebody's home do you walk around and start moving shit around and going in the refrigerator and hey what do you got right no you don't it doesn't work that way like there's a code of ethics when you're in somebody else's home and that's basically the code of the road so if you apply that to everyday situations it's amazing how much things open up because you're not taking anything for granted. And then the, the subtext was also the community of men, which I thought was, for me, was a really cool experience. Because what happens when you do that, right? When you're, when you're out in that field and you're in that kind of realm of participation and problem solving, and you're in the field of like other men, right? Something happens, like the neuropeptides, neuroreceptors change in your brain. And it's very positive. It's a very, very positive thing, right? It's just, I like this shirt, but but it, I don't like the white stuff here. It's like, if it was just blue, it'd be better. Anyway, um, something happens, right? It's like, yeah, okay, I get it. It's tribal. It's a tribal experience. 
And I thought it was really cool. And it sounds really mundane, but it's not mundane because so many things could go wrong along the way. You know, three stops, rejection. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Borderline indifference. And then touchdown. Now, we have to see what happens with the rest of the process. But, you know, we stumbled upon the one person in this town that has interest and knows about this car. Boom. And he's like familiar with the fucking engine. He knows the engine. This is a Japanese engine, an import. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to stop talking about it. But I would say it was a success, a real success. And in life, you know, we need we need little wins in life that give us, a, that, that allow us to feel like, you know, we're on terra firma. We're here, we're on the planet. And pardon the pun, what we do does matter. It does matter. It all matters. It all counts. So, all right, let's uh, transition into something that's not as potentially nice or enlightening. I was going to get into the genetically modified stuff today. I'd done a little bit of research yesterday. Um, it's not easy to find because they don't list the ingredients with the genetic modification. But I'm just going to tell you right now, just as a, you know, an advert, a blip, that the most genetically modified foods are beets, commercial beets, corn, soy, right? Those are the three biggies. There's more. But those are the three biggies. And with um, the beets are really, so they, they, I don't even want to get into it too much because it's pretty heady. But essentially, what they do is they genetically modify the plants so that they are resistant to Roundup. And then they spray Roundup all around the crops. And the Roundup kills the pests without killing the plants because the plants have been genetically modified to resist it. So anyway, we'll get more into a GMO world here uh, because it's a problem. It's a real problem. And the problem with GMO world too is that the GMOs will spread. You, you, they have genetic, there's that famous case of the genetically modified wheat in Canada where this guy had wheat that was not genetically modified and somebody upwind did. And when the wind blew, you know, the, the what do they call the germ or the sperm or whatever from the wheat went down downwind and pollinated his wheat and his wheat became genetically modified. So then I think it was Monsanto or, you know, whoever was, was uh, selling the, uh, the poison found out that his wheat was now genetically modified and they were charging him for it. So, Hey, it's our product. You got to pay us. So that's problematic. Even if you are raising supposedly organic foods, and they're, they're within proximity of genetically modified foods, there's no guarantee that they won't be. And even if they are supposedly organic, there's a lot of other hits and misses along the way. And David and I talked about this on Sunday, but the only thing you can do is 
to really prevent is get heirloom seeds and hydroponically grow your uh, about the only way, honestly, to make sure that you're getting uh, really clean food. And the water, you're going to have to filter your water and make sure that the water is, you know, doesn't have any fucking nanoparticles in it. I mean, this is the world that we're living in now. It's been, it's been infested. All right. Let's talk about um, what's happening today on the uh, summer solstice. The head witch at the CDC, Rochelle Walensky. Let me see if I can play her absolutely uh, infuriating video. I had a great Juneteenth, by the way. I hope everybody else did. Somebody named Crypto Coon is following me. I'll follow them and I'll follow this guy. Okay, what do we have here? We'll have Russ Winter on on Friday. And Russ and I seem to always be circling over the same targets. Amazing. Oh, there's that shit too. Okay, let me see if I can find this Wolensky thing. Okay. Here we go. All right. Dr. Rochelle P. Walensky. Let's watch this cunt. Yeah, I said it. And by the way, it's specific, not a, not a universal theme applied to women. So please don't misconstrue that. All right. If I have to hear it, you have to hear it too. Here, let's do that. Last time I did this, I unplugged it, plugged it back in. It didn't work. All right, here we go. Scenes are now available for children under five. With this recent authorization from FDA and recommendation from CDC, nearly 20 million children are now able to get vaccinated against COVID-19. I know many parents with very young children have been anticipating this day. We now know, based on rigorous scientific review, that the vaccines available here in the United States can be used safely and effectively in children under five. Vaccinating young children is a critical opportunity to protect them against hospitalization and death from COVID-19. Parents, I strongly encourage you to get your children vaccinated. If you have questions, talk to your child's provider to learn more about the benefits of this vaccine. 
we have taken another important step together in our fight against COVID-19 by making safe and effective vaccines available for our little ones. I hope all parents will take advantage of these life-saving vaccines and protect their children. COVID-19 vaccine. Do you think, uh, you think this bitch would vaccinate her under five kids? You know she wouldn't. You know she wouldn't do that. Her kids wouldn't come within a city block of that poison. But yet she's willing to push it on your kids or your grandkids. And not only that, but with absolute glee and delight, she did not have to manufacture the broad grin that was plastered on her face. That came naturally. And that's scary, which means that she knows that what's going to happen to theoretically your kids or your grandkids is going to do exactly what they intended to do, which is cause all kinds of physical maladies, perhaps death, almost certainly infertility. Now, having a woman as the head of the CDC is strategic. They didn't choose her because she was qualified for the job. She's a rank-and-file uh, academician whose husband owns a pharmaceutical company where they do research and explore patents on drugs. Okay, that's her husband. Her father, whom we've covered before on this show, is a longtime DC insider who has profited immensely off of government contracts that have to do with intelligence gathering, surveillance, data collation. He was on the ground floor when all this stuff started to happen. And that's how her father made her made their family money. So it's no coincidence that she happens to be a woman. And as a woman, she's supposed to be able to transmit trust to other mothers. There's no, there's, there's, there's no coincidence here. Like, it, it's not Ray Walensky. It's Rochelle Walensky. And as a mother, you see that and you see her smiling face and you, you believe, number one, that vaccines in general are important to your child's life and health and well-being because they've conned you into that. I only had two vaccines growing up. I had a smallpox vaccine. I had a polio vaccine and a sugar cube. That's it. No MMR, no chicken pox, none of that shit. No whooping cough, none of it. And I turned out fine. Look, I have a few health issues, but not many. Pretty healthy. And the generation before me, my mother only had one vaccine. That's just shit too. Like she had polio. And she said the polio vaccine. That was it. My mother had one vaccine. And she had it when she was in her 20s. So this idea that you need all these fucking vaccines in order to stay alive and stay out of the hospital is a complete and utter lie. 
know, will you come down with it? I had chicken pox. I had the measles. I think I had them both. You know, I didn't have the mumps. So well, I think I'm a little too old for that. But you, I mean, look, I know I'm preaching the choir here. You don't need the vaccines. But this fucking witch, she's a witch. She's a witch, and they're releasing this today on the witch's holiday, right? The summer solstice, the midsummer night's dream. This is when the witches are at the height of their activity tonight. You think there's any coincidence here that it's happening on this day that they're making this official? No, it's not. The thing that I would say angers me the most, but the thing that maybe sure the sure the word frustrate is the right word. Grind. The thing that grinds on me the most, and if you watch my show, you will know that I'm pretty strong. I'm fairly opinionated about certain things. And this is, this is one of those things. Rochelle Walensky fits into a box. She fits into a box. What is that box? She's Jewish. And look, I know there are people who listen to this show and watch this show and they happen to be Jewish, okay? And I am not casting any blame or any aspersion on you. But every time we look at somebody who is at a high level in pushing this poison, they generally share one commonality and one trait. They all belong to the same group. I'm sorry, I've, 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 I've looked at it. And the, 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 the evidence is overwhelming, okay? So if you happen to be Jewish and you're anti-vax, you need to look at this because these are your people that are pushing this poison. And then what happens is that it conforms to this idea that a particular group has a grudge against a bunch of other groups and wants to eliminate them. And thus what happens is that they earned the name Synagogue of Satan, okay? And you look at Rochelle Walensky, who is taking absolute glee in the fact that they're going to get that poison into your kids at a young age and try to roll it into the vaccine schedule like it's just another fucking vaccine. They have no idea, or maybe they do, Maybe they've run these experiments already and, they, and they've seen the various mutations that can occur when you have the mRNA and you got the other fucking 40 vaccines that they give your kids along the way. Maybe they do or maybe they don't because every child is different. We all share a similar blueprint, lungs, a heart, right? Two kidneys, a liver, a pancreas, all the, but when you, 
get into the deep biology of an individual, we're very different. So one thing will affect one person one way, another thing might affect another person another way. And you may have a group of people that might respond in a similar way as, you know, kind of a, you know, a group genome or haplogroup is what it's called, but another group may not. So to say, to, 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 to think and say that it's safe, it's tested, but they haven't done any testing with these other theoretical vaccines, even though maybe they have, they can't, they, they can't test it out to the extent of the diversity of our biology and the complexity of the human genome. They can't, they can't do it all. And so there are always going to be mutations. This is the, so today they're green, green lighting. What for all intents and purposes could be the end of fertility for a large swath of young people and that they'll never be able to reproduce because they have found in people who have been carjacked. Yes, you have not been. You're not going to. Yes, not for you. They found that their sperm is not motile, meaning that it comes out and then and then it stays around, doesn't do anything. Now, I don't know if you remember, but there was a video that came out about six or seven months ago. And it was, I didn't understand it at the time. I thought it was really weird, but I understand it now. And that there was a nanobot that was essentially moving the sperm into the ovum. It was, it was like a fucking tugboat. The nanobot was like a tugboat and the sperm was, you know, the aircraft carrier, you know, that had been disabled. You can't get up there. I know you want to get up there, but you can't get up there. What would happen if you lived in this neighborhood, Jasper? kind of cat would you be? Would you be a lowrider cat? Anyway, I'm like, oh, isn't that interesting? Because now they have they have proof that when people are vaccinated with this shit, their sperm doesn't move. It's lost the ability to move. No, you're not getting up there. You're not getting up there. No, you can't be rebellious. I'll make you a little stand. And you can get up there. But if you get up there now, it's not going to work. You're going to you're going to end the show or something. Does it make, do you understand what I'm talking about? Because now sperm has become inert. It's like for whatever reason, they figured out how to disable the motile um, energy of a sperm. And so now you have the nanobots playing the tugboat. Let's just tug it right into the ovum. Now think of millions of kids getting this shit and embedding into them when they're really, really young. I'm telling you, if you are a parent or a grandparent, you, you got most like if you're an adult 
and you want to take this shit, like go do it. Okay. Do it. Make it happen. Deal with the consequences, which are not good by the way. But if you're a child, you need to protect the children. You need to protect these kids. And it's such a, it's so, it's so wild, right? Because on the one hand, they're more than happy to get your kid to think that they're the opposite of what they are. They're more than happy to step your kid, you know, through a, a, a process and a transition from one sex. They're all, they're good with that. They're good with that for the well-being of the child, of course. Because if you don't do it, guess what's going to happen? Well, your child will become suicidal and they may harm themselves and they may die. And that's on you, motherfucker. You're the one that caused it because you weren't listening and you weren't being tolerant enough to cut your son's dick off, okay? But with the same amount of care and the same amount of compassion that they have for transitioning people, young people, do they apply that same amount of care and compassion to making sure those young people never reproduce? No, they don't. It might be the mock concern or the mock compassion, but ultimately it's it's kind of one side of the other coin, right? You got it's like you get the head side and the tail side, and we're getting you both ways. Oh, so you're not going to transition? Well, guess what? You're not going to be able to reproduce. So there you go. Well, you may as well transition because now none of your shit's working. And if we're going to have any new beings, we're the ones in charge. We'll have the sperm on hand. We got the eggs frozen, and we'll we'll control production. We will control production and that is controlling production. So we have entered into a, today is a, today is an auspiciously evil day. I'm sorry. There's no other way I can, I can paint it. It's auspiciously evil. And the thing that they are about to unleash on the youth of this country and maybe parts of the world is beyond diabolical. And I think it's really fascinating that you have all of these people that are so willing to die. Like some of these people are willing to die for their right to choose. And they'll go out and they'll hound a Supreme Court justice's house. Right. They may do that. They have. Because they feel so impassioned about their right to abort a child aborted fetus. But do you ever see them do the same thing, say, for the head of the CDC? No. Do you ever see them do it for Fauci? No. Nope. Not happening. So they get to do what they do with impunity. No threat. Maybe Fauci a little bit. He's felt some of the heat. But Rochelle Walensky... No heat, no heat whatsoever. And honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be right up front and say it, that needs a change. That needs whatever, however you apply the heat, you know, whether it's showing up at the CDC with signs and exercising your First Amendment right to an opinion, right, which is probably about the most user-friendly way, the one that's not going to land you in jail, um, to perhaps 
you know, more, more sophisticated, thought out and clever hacks. Like these people need to understand that they need to be held accountable. And we just haven't done a very good job of it. And I know it's hard. We have our lives, right? We have our lives. We have our own trials and struggles and tribulations. By the way, I'm not advocating anything violent. Let's be clear about that. But I am abdicating the application of a psychic force that people can feel and understand and know that they have trespassed our humanity. And this is exactly what's happening. And I, I need to figure I need to figure out my own way of of dealing with this because I think it's absolutely utterly criminal. At the same time, now they're connecting climate change. They're connecting climate change to people's young people's heart issues. I swear to God. They're connecting climate change to this. Let me see if I can find it. So you can see now where everything is kind of coming together, right? It's like, okay, we need to, we need, we need to retrench from the cat. We need to retrench because there are casualties here, by the way, first payout for somebody who is vaccine injured in Europe from the MRNA stuff. Do you guys remember Wayne who was on the show on Friday forecast? Apparently he got kicked off of Twitter. He's got a new Twitter account and he reconnected with me and he's, he can't work. He's, he's got multiple sclerosis now. He's lost a bunch of weight. He doesn't look good. He, and he had one shot. One. We'll get him back on the show. We'll talk about his, his, uh, so look, I don't mean to be Debbie Downer here, but we're we're in a very um, I wouldn't call it precarious. But this is mission critical because they are invested in wiping us out. This is what's happening now. They're invested in just completely wiping us out, and I haven't even gotten into the food stuff. So we are under significant duress. And it's not just you and me here and now. It's like kids who are five and under. And how this thing is going to affect them. Because we've already seen how it affects young people, healthy young people dying. And when they pull these clots out of their heart or out of their body, they look like fucking aliens. That's what they look like. You want to talk about disclosure. Dave and I were talking about disclosure. I mean, here's another. How many movies have you seen where like it's an injection or something internal and the alien takes over the human? How many, how many movies have you seen like that? There are plenty of them. All right. Let me see if I can find. Um, oh, I can't stand looking at her fucking face. See if I can find this. Um, I 
And they ordered all these vaccines already. The states already have them, except for Florida. And here's their partners in crime. The media. Nearly all Americans are now eligible to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. This weekend, officials approved the vaccine for kids ranging in age from six months to five years old. And those vaccines are now being delivered to doctor's offices across the country. Those shots will look a little different based on which company produced it. Six months to five years old. The Pfizer shot would be a three-dose vaccine for kids ages six months to four years old. And now parents we talked to today were split on whether to get the shot for their kids. I think it's to get vaccinated in order to protect ourselves from the coronavirus and also to get us all out of this pandemic. I just um, want to keep my child as safe as possible, and I do not believe that a vaccine will keep her safe. Good for you. KCRA3's Brittany Hope is live for us at McKinley Park. So, Brittany, I understand you just heard from the state health. So, have you seen the shift to the new color? They've moved on from purple. Now, the new color is green. Have you seen that? Department about what the vaccine rollout is going to look like here in our state. So what do they tell you? Right, so officials tell me that California pre-ordered nearly 400,000 doses of this vaccine for those babies and younger children. Now, those doses started becoming available today, and even more are expected to become available in the coming weeks. Now, parents here in Sacramento, we spoke to them today, and they have a lot of questions. We took those questions to experts. Here come the experts. The first question, which vaccine brand is better for my child to get, Pfizer or Moderna? Pfizer requires three doses. The company suggests its vaccine has an 80% efficacy rate. On the other hand, Moderna is only two shots for babies and young children, but it's only 40% effective at preventing infection. Here's what Dr. Mark Vaughn, the medical director of the Auburn Medical Group, recommends. And I do have a little bit of liking toward the Pfizer because of it having that third shot already, if Moderna were to say, yeah, it's time to go ahead and say this is a three-shot vaccine, I'd be a little more comfortable with it. I expect that's what we'll find. But for now, I encourage parents to go with the three-shot Pfizer. Another common question from families, can my child get the COVID-19 vaccine at the same time or close to other vaccines they need? It's the live vaccines you're concerned about because there's something that you have to have alive and is acting on your immune system while you're uh, benefiting from the vaccine. These don't have that problem. So there's no mechanism in place for there to be a problem with putting it together with other How vaccines. The fuck does he and know? if my child turns five years old soon, what should I do? Go with the younger child dosage or the vaccines for five to 11 year olds? Dr. Vaughn recommends getting whatever your child is eligible for as soon as possible. For a five year old, you would want to get the two dose Pfizer. And if you're about to have your fifth like, how the fuck does he know? These things are brand new. He he doesn't. He has he has like there's there's no real study. There's no real study about any of it. And he's just going to take. He's going to take the you know the the the, the toxic communion. That's all he's going to do. He's going to take the toxic communion. He's going to swallow it whole. And he's going to push it onto your kids. Well, come see me. I'll hook you up.
How much does he make from that? I mean, look, this guy might be well-meaning, but he may, he just, he may be totally deluded. He may be one of these people that believes in the science. But you notice that the TV station didn't, uh, didn't talk to anybody else. Like somebody who might have a different perspective. Didn't talk to them. Uh, let's see. There's a, there was another one I wanted to play. I'll play that one later. Oh, God. I'll play that one later. That's a good one. I'll end on that one. I bookmarked that for a reason. Let me just do it again here. I'll just leave it up. Okay. Um, what time is it? It's 1027, 1028. Now you've now, of course, also they have figured out a way to genetically modify cows against extreme heat. Mm-hmm. And of course, we had a large group of cows who all at once just dropped fucking dead. No other cows in the area, but just this one group just completely dropped dead. Well, let's roll out the let's roll out the uh, the genetic modification program for these cows. And by the way, the genetic modification program for the cow isn't just for one cow. They passed it on to their to their babies. So they can be heat resistant. Look, they are they are coming after every single lifeline that we have. Every single lifeline we have, they are either truncating it, cutting it off, and or polluting it. That and, that, and that's just for us to stay alive. It has, and that has nothing to do with like the economy. Like that's a whole other story. And I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer here. Again, I've used that term twice today, but this is what's going on. You got, you have to, even if these are the most difficult conversations you're ever going to have in your life, you, you have got to talk to the mother and the father, your kids, if you're a grandparent or you're a parent, you've, you've got to have these conversations about this vaccine. Cause if you don't have the conversation, you'll be negligent and you won't be able to live with yourself. I had to go through my own life. Cause I knew how certain things were going to go down in my own life. And I knew that I had very little power in that regard but I did what I could do. And I said my piece. And after that, you gotta let go, right? Because there's not much more you can do. But if I hadn't said my piece, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be at peace. 
Oh, you know, it's like, well, what would happen if you said something? You would never know, would you? Well, I know what happened, but at least I said something. And you don't want to be in that position. It may not make it better, but you never know. You might hit somebody at the right time in the right moment, and they might hear you and the light goes off and they're like, I'll wait. I'll wait. Now here's what's the, the, the biggest anomaly around all this. Those kids fucking immune systems are better than ours. You get a five-year-old, their immune system, if they've gone through the process, right? like let's say they had a natural birth. So they get all that stuff on them as they come out. And they've been theoretically rooting around and getting their natural immunity. Their immune systems are better than ours. Their thymus glands are active. They don't need it. All they're doing is preying upon the fears of the mother. That's it. By the way, do you see the name of the woman who was doing the uh, doing that little piece, Brittany Hope? Now, look, it's a Sacramento TV station. But still, Brittany Hope, that's a big story. That is a big story. They could have had, I don't know, Barbara Klein, Judy Gonzalez. But no, it was Brittany Hope who was, that's a big story for that area. That's like top of the news. You know, it's like one of their top three stories they're going to lead with. It's not the human interest story at the end. And then, of course, you have uh, Rochelle Holensky and um, I should call her Rochelle Horansky. That's what I'll call her, Rochelle Horansky. What would you call her, Jasper? Jasper looks fierce right now. You look fierce. You look fierce. But your elbow is like crooked. What's up with that? Want to come over and say goodbye to people? I'm about ready to end the show. Come on. All right. Jasper wants to say goodbye. Wish you all a good day. I'm going to play a good story. It's a nice little human interest piece here. Speaking of which, <clears throat> don't give up here, okay? Don't give up. And if for whatever reason, your daughter, your granddaughter, whoever doesn't listen to you, you still have to love them, okay? You, I mean, you still you have to love them in their imperfections. Now, if they say, well, we don't want you around for the holidays because you're not vaccinated or whatever, you can say, well, you're all fucking vaccinated. Shouldn't you be fine? Anyway, do not be indifferent on this. And I'm doing my absolute best to convey that with you. All right. Let me, let me play this. All right. So this is a guy, I think he's uh, in Mexico. And I love, I love this. This is so cool. So I guess he's been seeing this guy who has to use this walker. And he went out and he bought him a wheelchair. Let's watch it. Sacarlos afuera, pintarse la cara, 
Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. That's who we are, people. Right there. All right. Use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart to say what's possible for myself and um, Cat Lord. One and only Jasper. Have yourself a great day. And when it comes to the people that you love, those little kids, those little ones, don't be indifferent. Fight back against this fucking monstrosity that they're trying to unleash on the human race. This is it. You're on the front lines. Stay healthy. Stay informed. I'll be back tomorrow. Bye for now.